A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. For a long time, especially when I was like in elementary school up until like, I don't know, 15, 16, you guys, we had some pretty tough times financially. I was disinherited. When it first happened, I was hurt but I'm glad that it happened that way. One thing that I wish that I would have known about money earlier on was the importance of saving because when I was asked to move out, the rug was just like swiped right from under my feet. What up, what up, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of Cheekies and Chill. I'm your host, Cheekies, and I hope your week is going great so far. Today marks the last Monday in the month of April. Can you guys believe that? And you know what? April is also Financial Literacy Month. So today, that's what we're going to be talking about. Money, finances, my relationship with money, and more. So get ready for another episode of Cheekies and Chill. Money is such a heavy topic, and it's also one people don't really like talking about because it's so personal. But guys, that's why we have to start talking about it. So many of you know, I didn't come from money. I grew up saying a lot because I was the eldest of five. So when my mom had me, she was 15, two weeks before her 16th birthday. She hadn't finished high school, obviously. And she was not with my dad. My dad, as soon as he found out that she was pregnant, he was like, that's not my baby. It's like, there's a whole story behind that. So my mom had to leave my grandma's house because my grandma said, well, if you're pregnant, you can't live at the house. That's when we lived in the garage. It was my uncle Gus's garage, right? And so my mom was 15, 15, 16 years old when I was born. She was trying to finish school. She was going to continuation school and working and things got better. My mom was a hustler. That's one thing that like my mom would work go to school and then just work at Bank of America. Like I always saw her just hustling. A lot of the times our family didn't know me. Mom era una mujer muy orgullosa. She was very, a proud woman in the sense of if she needed help, she wouldn't ask for it. And she wanted her siblings, her brothers and her parents to think, okay, I'm fine. 
So for a long time, especially when I was like in elementary school up until like, I don't know, 15, 16, you guys, we had some pretty tough times financially. We were on WIC, we were on food stamps. And WIC is like when you get free food from the government. So we would get peanut butter, eggs, cheese, bread. Sometimes if we were lucky, we got the milk and we got kicks cereal. Okay. So I grew up on kicks. You guys, I didn't have that fun cereal, like lucky charms and fruity pebbles and all that stuff. Like that wasn't in my house. The funnest it would get was kicks with a little bit of like chocomil in it. So it became chocolate, like cocoa puffs. (laughs) So, I mean, I would have to get off and pretend I was Johnny's mom because the girls that worked at WIC already knew because my mom was already Jenny Rivera, but she wasn't making money yet. When I remember in fifth grade, I would go to school. We didn't have money to buy me like new shoes. So I was that kid that would go to school and had the old beat up shoes. Sometimes my shoes would talk. They had holes on the bottom from how old they were. I would have to wear my mom's clothes sometimes because we didn't have money to buy me new clothes. And I think one of the best things that could have happened to us was when they implemented uniforms in school because it's like all of us were just dressed the same. We would go buy at thrift stores my uniforms and stuff like that. But my shoes were always just, I was wearing my uniform, but you could tell in my shoes that we didn't have money. So there's a lot of things that I grew up watching, but I always saw my mom just hustling. She never said, no, we don't have money for that. It was just like, you know, you're going to have to wait. I always felt like I had everything I needed. You know, we were fine. I mean, even if we were eating couple noodles or cereal or sometimes nomas huevitos or papas, like we always had food on the table. There was a time I, I remember like 10, 11 years old where we didn't. And all we had to eat was canned food. I think it was like tuna and green beans. And that's what we had to live off of, all of us. And again, a lot of our family members didn't know this. Anyways, I grew up thinking like, okay, we're fine. But I didn't realize that we weren't fine until you start getting older and the kids at school talk about it. And you see the difference between you wearing LA gears from Payless back in the days to like my friends wearing Fila's and Nikes and stuff. Because my mom was never was like, oh, we're poor. It was just... Later on, I'm working hard. I'm a single mother. You know, you can have it later. Y así, you know, pero era muy trabajadora mi mamá. So I am so grateful because that's, I think, why I'm a hustler. Like, I, I got to do what I got to do no matter what. I, I'm going to be okay. Now that we're talking about money, that's something that I wanted to bring up because I hear certain things. And I'm, I'm you know how big I am on affirmations, you know, the law of attraction. And that's one thing I tell myself every day, even if maybe my bank account isn't as... I don't know, heavy as other days, you know, it's like, it's okay. I'm going to be fine. God will make it work. God will provide. The universe will provide whatever you want to say, or I'm a money magnet. Little affirmations like that is just like really, really believing it and saying, no matter what, I'm going to be fine. And in my household, that's one thing. My mom would wake up early And like I said earlier, she never made it seem like nos hace falta algo. We didn't have a lot of luxuries, but I had what I needed, which was food and clothes. And maybe, yeah, it was my mom's clothes, but I had clothes on my back. And my mom for a long time, even if she wanted to buy us what we wanted, what we desired, she couldn't. And I think that's why when she started making money and she was able to buy us our first house, you know, with all of us having our own rooms because we would share rooms. All of us, when we lived in Compton, Mikey had his room and then Jackie and I shared rooms, but we didn't have restrooms. You know, that was a huge thing for all of us. My mom would always say, I want to get us a house where each of you have your own bathroom. It was a goal for her. You know, it was like, I'm going to make that happen. 
And I think that's why when her career just started going off, she was a great provider. She wanted us to have everything that we wanted. And sometimes she would overcompensate because she was gone so much that she would not buy our love because I don't want to say that. It was just, it would make her happy to be able to give us the things that we desired. For Johnny, it was a little bit more difficult because, pues era el más chiquito. I mean, he, la verdad no sufrió tanto. Like he was born basically in a mansion, but now he even was telling me the other day, like, you, you didn't teach me how to manage money and all this stuff. He was like yelling and I'm like, hello, wait a second. I had to just go into the world and figure it out because that's what my mom would tell me. Figure it out. How do I write a check? How do I deposit a check? I don't know. Figure it out. Ask questions. That's how you learn in the world is by asking questions. So it's kind of like what I told Johnny. I was like, dude, you never asked me. But it's because not that he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth because I always did my best to teach him how to clean the toilets, to teach him how to pick up after himself, to cook. Like I was a little harder on him, but he didn't see and live everything that I lived, even like Jackie and Mikey. And I don't even know if Jackie and Mikey remember those things or if they were ever made fun of at school because kids could be mean. But in reality, Johnny like was born already being okay, you know? And and that's when my mom was like, okay, here, Johnny, he's six months and I'm gonna go off and, and work. and do what I got to do. And, and she was the motor. She was the motor of the family. So now talking about Johnny, I was 16 when he was born. And when my mom went back to work, it's kind of like, here's your kid. I'm going to go work. I'm going to go do what I got to do. I kind of, at that moment, I think was when I put my, my own life on hold because I wanted to help my mom and I wanted her to make her dreams come true. For her, it was, this is a career. She always saw it as, this is the way I'm going to feed my children. And yes, yeah, she did real estate, but she was making money singing and her career was starting to pop off, you know? So I think that's when I started seeing the change. When Las Malandrinas started playing and then like all her like hits, like her corridos started like coming out and, you know, it started getting better and better. But I think that's like the first time when I started realizing, oh, my mom is, is a superstar. She was being at a award show. She was being awarded for Female Artists of the Year and stuff like that, you know, selling out shows. She was gone almost every weekend. So I started seeing, yeah, there's more money coming in, of course, but then we saw less of her. So I think that's when things got a little tough at home because I felt like, oh, I'm 16, 17, 18, like I should be out with my friends. And when my mom would come home after working, she wanted to relax too, you know, and she would just kind of like, okay, guys, like, here's this, here's that. Like, she was good at being an amazing provider. And I would tell her, hey, mom, you still have to be a mom and I want to be a teenage girl. But now I look back and I thank her because I understand, like, she was 15 when she had me. You know, ella todavía no crecía. Like, she still had to live her life. Now I understand it. But during that time, it was tough. It, it was definitely hard. And my mom, I think, because she would come home, honestly, and she'd have stacks and stacks of cash. They would pay her cash back then. And I was the one that had to manage it all. And I'm not going to lie. Imagine a 16-year-old girl with thousands and thousands of dollars in a briefcase, like I would hide it. I had really good hiding places. I was the one that had to do the groceries. I had to go like buy the groceries. I had to pay and make sure everything, all the bills were paid at home. And I, I felt for a long time that I was, that I deserved it, that I, I felt a little bit entitled and that's not right to feel that way. Now I know that. But at that time I felt like, well, I'm the one staying home with the kids. I'm the one taking care of everything. Everything's being paid because I'm paying it. And I would use the money as if it was mine. And there were times when I would just misuse the money. You know, I'm not even going to lie about that. Like I had cash guys in my hands. Like I could just go into my room and, and, and use it. 
And my mom never asked me questions. You know, I think she trusted me 100%. And I would never lie to her. Like if I would tell her, you know, yeah, I went to the store, I bought you because, you know, I would dress her back then. I bought you clothes and I also bought myself clothes. And she would laugh. Like she knew she's like, you need to stop. Like you need to save money, like for a rainy day, like that money's there. Make sure you buy what we need and save the rest. That's when I first heard like, oh, we got to save money. I was like 17. And I did, but then malgastaba. O sea, there were things that I didn't need, not just because I could buy it. It's still not my money. It's still not my money to use it as I please, you know? And it took me a long time to to realize that. And I think that that's one of the last lessons my mom wanted to teach me when she asked me to move out in March of 2012, the year that she passed, was because she wanted me to go and really see what the world was like because I had been a, somewhat sheltered. And I think for years, I was used to us being okay financially, that you kind of lose the meaning of what money's for. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. 
about $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One thing that I wish that I would have known about money earlier on was the importance of saving because when I was asked to move out and my job was taken away, which was my job with my mom and I got paid pretty well and I got comfortable, the rug was just like swiped right from under my feet. It almost felt like I went back to my childhood and this is how crazy it was. I had a a one bedroom. It was a one bedroom. It was was a garage that was converted, right? And it was like a studio. So it was like a, a kitchen and then the living room all in one. And then there was a bedroom with the restroom. So I made the bedroom my closet. This is how crazy and obsessed I was with clothes and shoes and purses. And I still am, to be honest, because <laughs> I converted my garage into my closet now and my glam room. But now I see it different. Now I see it as an investment. Now it's like, okay, I come out on television. I do interviews. I perform. I need different clothes. And even then I was on reality and I would buy an excessive amount of clothes. Could I have bought less? Absolutely. But I didn't have anything in my savings account. And I wish I would have known the importance of when I started working, how important it is to save money. Fifty, a hundred dollars. It could be anything, you guys, from every check. Whenever you're like, oh, I have some extra money, I'm gonna put it in my savings account. It would have really just gave me a peace of mind during that time. And there I was, 26 years old, thinking, what the heck? I have nothing in my savings account. All I have is literally what's in my checkings, and all that money has to go into my business. So now as an adult, I do have a savings account. It is important for me to have a savings account because I am self-employed. So I don't have a 401k. I don't have, you know what I mean? Like I have my life insurance and things like that. But for me, it is important that I do save 10% of my monthly income goes into my savings account. Or like I was telling Johnny the other day, okay, he's getting paid now. He's working for my mom's enterprises. I'm like, from every check, take $100 and put it in your savings account. For a rainy day, it doesn't even have to be a lot. It can be every check, $50, every check, $100, whatever you can, but you have to put it away and pretend it does not exist. Like you just have to just put it away. It could be, like I told him, if you want to go on vacation at the end of the year, if that's what's going to make you happy, if you just want to have it there for your retirement plan, like I do, like for me, it's like, okay, one day I want to be able to retire and be okay and, and I'll have that savings there. It's just whatever your personal goals are, I do think it's important to have that just for backup, just for safety. But for me, it's a 10% I save and then a 10% that I give back. That's just my personal preference. I like to give either a 10% of my monthly income to a church, to a family in need, to even my grandma. Like I used to send her money all the time. Like to anyone, like I just feel in any way that I can give back, it keeps, again, the feng shui and the flow and the energy of my finances moving. So that's one thing that I do. And I believe it also says in the Bible, for those of you that are religious, that it's good to dar tu diezmo, your offering, so that you can keep that energy of your finances flowing. So that's just something that I do. And I highly suggest, especially saving some money for whatever. It could be anything. For your retirement, like I said, for you want to go on vacation, like I told John, and he was very frustrated. (laughs) Johnny, when I told him that, he's like, what do you mean? 
believe me, you're going to be grateful for that because before you know it, you're going to have like a thousand dollars in there. O sea, no lo sientes. It's just kind of like here, every check, boom, boom, boom. And as some of you may know or may not know, I was disinherited. When it first happened, when I first learned about it, I, I was kind of like hurt because I felt like I had given so much of my life, my energy, my youth to my mother, to my siblings, to her empire, to helping her grow into the massive artist that she still is today. But I'm glad. I'm glad that it happened that way because it has put some type of fire under my ass <laughs> or even in my soul to say, I'm going to make it in life. And I thank my mom because if she hadn't done that, I don't know, you know, like, yes, I took care of my siblings, like the first few years that she was gone, you know, like I said before, Johnny was 11, Jenica was 15. So it was a huge responsibility to take on, but it just felt like it was the right thing to do. But it, it also helped me say, well, I got to figure this out. I can't just stay home as much as I want to and take care of the kids. Like I also have to show them I want to be an example for them. Que si se puede. And that's why I, I went after my dream of, of being a singer. And I really was like, yes, I have my vision board. These are all the things that I want to accomplish. And now I really have to put in the work to make them come true. And that's what I did. And I'm so proud of myself for being able to accomplish all these things. I was disinherited. Yeah. But I thank her. I thank her so much because things could have been very different easily. You know, I could have gotten comfortable maybe. And instead, it just really helped me also relearn the meaning of money and the value of it and the real value of it, which is what I've been telling you. Y no nomás eso, te, te cala más, you know, like... Before it was my mom's money that I would use. And it's just like, I didn't feel it so much because it was her money. She was the one working hard for it. And I was able to buy it as I pleased. But the gratification that I have gotten and by being able to purchase my own home, and, and this is my second home now, it feels great to just say, dude, I did this. Even when I was living in the garage, for me to be able to go into my account and pay for my own place, whether it was, yes, it was a garage that was converted into like a studio. Like it felt good to say, I am paying for my own space from my sweat, from the sweat of my forehead, you know, and I'm purchasing my own groceries. And it made me like really say, okay, instead of purchasing a name brand dish soap, I'm going to purchase the store brand and little things like that, that it really helped me manage my money and say, okay, Instead of spending on dumb things, an unnecessary purse, you know, because I wanted a freaking Chanel purse for so long. And I bought my first Chanel purse. I don't know. I want to say like five years ago. And it was $5,000. And now I think about it. I'm like, what the F was I thinking? I'm not going to lie. Like, yes, I still have the purse and I love it. But I'm like, you know what? Like now it's like, okay, do I really need to buy that? Like, I don't even use my purses as much as I should, you know? So it's like, now I'm thinking of investing. Now I'm like, how can I make my money multiply? I'm, I'm investing in crypto and in Bitcoin and all these things that are just going to make my money grow and not just on things that, yes, it's nice. I can walk into my closet. I'm like, okay, this is a large part of where my money is. It's in this closet and, you know, in the shoes and the bags and all that stuff. But in reality, it was ha no manches. That money's not growing. You know what I mean? It's there. It's just sitting there. I don't use it as much. And that's what I told myself this year. I'm going to start using my purses and my shoes a little more often. I need to go on dates. I need to do photo shoots, something because it's starting to bother me. Now I'm like, okay, I'm going to invest in things that make me in my health, for instance, in buying good quality food for my body in buying vitamins. Like things have changed. My mentality has changed. And 
before I can admit that I would buy things to look cool. And in reality, like, why? (laughs) You know, I want to be healthy. I want to have money in the bank to make sure that if something happens and God forbid, I I, I have to pay my, my hospital bill, I have the money to do that. It's like really just changing your priorities and and you grow up and you mature and you're like, okay, like I got to really get set my shit straight, you know, and and put my priorities straight and really like stop buying shit that I don't need. And it took a while to do that. And I'm hoping that those of you that are listening to this podcast can learn a lot faster than I did. And I have gone up and down in my life financially, but I can say that I'm proud. I'm proud because I've gotten this far but there has been some tough ass lessons and I'm hoping that you guys can learn from my mistakes and be better than I am. And that's what I tell Johnny all the time. You know, he's 21 and he's barely learning now, like the value of money and how now he's like, I have to save. And I'm like, yeah, you know, instead of eating out, dude, eating out costs so much money. You guys, it's better to cook at home. It's better to meal prep. And that's what he's doing (laughs) because pues todo cuesta, you know, todo cuesta. And, you know, now that I'm looking at Johnny and like, yeah, like he's he was a little frustrated with me the other day because he's like, you didn't teach me this and taxes and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, relax. All you got to do is ask and I'll help you. And one thing that I think I know because, you know, money is sometimes a very touchy subject to talk about, especially when it comes to money in relationships. And I have always been a very 50-50 type of girl, like I don't expect my partner to take care of me and I don't want my partner to expect for me to take care of him because that can definitely cause an imbalance and tension in your love life. I've kind of been on both sides of the spectrum, to be honest. I had a guy that had a lot of money and took care of me and was there for me if I needed, if I had a bad day or if I was having, you know, una mala racha, he would come and he would help me you know, and I wouldn't ask for it. I'd be like, no, I'm going to pay you back. He's like, no, he always wanted to provide. But I always felt like because of what had happened with my mom, there was like strings attached to it. So I didn't want to take too much of his help, but he was always there to help me. And then I was in a relationship where I had to be more of the provider, which I was fine with because I felt like I love this person and he's going through a bad time financially and I want to be there to help him. And I did help him and I don't regret that. And I feel like as a partner, we have to have each other's back and say, okay, cuando yo puedo, te voy a ayudar y cuando tú puedas, tú también a mí me ayudas, you know? I don't think that there's anything wrong with, even if it's the woman, let's say, going out and being the breadwinner of, of the home, you know, as long as the man is comfortable with that and secure enough to know, okay, that's fine. But sometimes men, especially in our culture, can be a little machista. And it's like, no, yo soy el hombre. Yo tengo que ganar dinero. Or they'll start feeling inferior and inadequate if their woman makes more money than they do. And I don't think that should be an issue. I just feel like if your woman makes more money, that's cool. As long as you're bringing in what you can and not just sitting there and being lazy. Sitting there and being lazy and expecting, you know, your partner to take care of you, that's a whole other thing. Like, you have to help out. Like, I feel like if you're the woman that stays at home and the man is the one that's out, being the breadwinner, el motor de la familia, like you have to be okay with cleaning and cooking and making sure that the house is taken care of. Like, I just feel like you have to help each other out. That's my personal opinion. I would always say my mom was a husband for a long time. She was the husband that would go out and make the money. And I was the wife (laughs) that would stay home with the kids. But I made sure the house was clean. The kids were fed. The homework was done. Clothes was washed. I felt like a very good housewife to my mother. And I would take care of the bills and I made sure everything got paid on time. And and I would buy stuff that were unnecessary, like $2,000 shoes. Are you freaking kidding me? With my mom's money. 
That's something if you guys watch a reality show, you guys saw that. But I've learned, you guys. I learned. I learned. But the house was always taken care of. So in relationships, I think it is important to have that conversation early on in the relationship and be honest and just say, hey, this is my financial situation. I can help you with this amount. Or I'll pay for the food and you pay for this. I just think it's a conversation that needs to happen very early on, you guys. And no one should feel bad if they can't or don't make as much money as their partner. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I pulled up a couple of quotes that I wanted to share with you guys because I kind of want to dissect these and kind of tell you and how my relationship with money has evolved and how important it is to look at money for what it is. For instance, this one, stop buying things you don't need to impress people you don't like. Let me read that again. Stop buying things you don't need to impress people you don't like. That's crazy, you guys. And I think that happens a lot now, especially with social media and the facade that so many people and the front that people put on social media that they basically live out of their means. And everyone wants to show off their Louis Vuitton bag, their Rolex, their this, their that. Like, And people live out of their means. They won't pay their rent to purchase something that they can just go flex with on social media. For people that you don't even know, for people that you don't even like and you just want to impress and show them like, look, I, I got this. Like, I am that bad bitch. And you're really just digging yourself in a deeper hole financially. That's the worst thing that we could do. Like I have told myself plenty of times, not just because I can buy it. Does that mean that I need it, that I should buy it? And I've had to bring myself back, you know, because you just never know what will happen. But you also don't have to be afraid of saying like, oh my God, no, 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 no. I'm not going to have enough. I'm not going to have enough. The more you say that, the less that you will have. You always have to say, I'm abundant, I'm prosperous. It could sound cliche, but it's, I really believe in the law of attraction, you guys. And if you keep going out there, I'm broke. Oh, I ain't got no money. And this and that, like you are going to be broke. Like you need to be like, oh, you know, right now I'm saving, I'm saving. It's just all in how you express it and how you say it, especially out loud and even to yourself quietly. I always say myself to myself, I have more than enough. I have more than enough. You know, and I thank God. Always remember the attitude of gratitude, you guys, which is thank you, God. Thank you that I have made ends meet this month. Thank you for always giving me more than enough. It's just all of that, you know, but that's one big thing that I wanted to bring up was not just because you can afford it. Does that mean that you need it? You know what I mean? Like I always ask, do I really need this? Because of course I like nice things. Of course I want to buy those shoes, but I'm like, okay, I already have a pair of white shoes. I don't need five. I, I was that person before when I like something, I would buy it in every freaking color. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, you have to be a little reasonable, Janae. Like, buy the black and the white. You don't need the pink, the purple, the the red. Like, I've learned to just say, okay, do I really need this? Is this a live with or a live without? I always ask myself that when I'm shopping too. It's just things like that, that I feel are important to ask ourselves. Am I buying this to impress someone or am I buying this really because I need it? Because it's a necessity. Here's another one. Success isn't about how much money you make. It's about the difference you make in people's lives. Look, I feel, yes, I get money. Yes, I'm bringing in money, but I also find ways of how can I give back? How can I help? It doesn't have to be a stranger. It, it, it could be a, a family member. It could be, for me, it's like you have to make it rotate. How it comes, you also have to learn to give back, pay it forward. And I'm not saying all of your money, but for me, it is important. Like, how can I make a difference in people's lives? ¿Qué es lo que yo puedo aportar en la vida de otras personas? Like, even when you pass by and you see that person in the heat, you know, it's super hot outside, they're selling flowers. I always like, you know what? I'll buy one and then I'll just give him an extra where he could just, you know what I mean? Like I give him extra money so he can keep that ramo, you know what I mean? Of flowers. But it's just like, I'm always constantly thinking like, how can I give back? Like it's important not just to think, okay, the money's mine. I worked hard for it. I'm not going to share it. Like you can't think that way. Like even with that, it's a circle of life, you guys like pay it forward. It's super important. 
Oh, this is a good one. Money is numbers and numbers never end. If it takes money to be happy, your search for happiness will never end. If you got to rewind that, rewind it and listen to it again, you guys. But that is the freaking truth. There are so many people that I hear that are like, oh, money's happiness. Money's this. Yes, it can make you happy. It's temporary. It's what are you going to do with that money to multiply, to make more, to be able to help more people, to do what you got to do and not be greedy, you guys. Don't like, that's one thing that is just like, greediness is not cute, you guys. It's not attractive. You'll have it one day and then it'll go away. You just have to get a good relationship with money and really ask yourself, why do I work hard? Yes, to pay my bills. I get that. But also, oh yeah, if money makes you happy, then I don't know, then your heart is not in the right place. Like you have to see money as something, yes, that we need. And this is one actually talking about that. Money isn't the goal. Freedom is saying, okay, I don't have to worry. You know what I mean? Like, I just wanted to read those quotes because I came across them and I was like, you know, this is a topic we're going to talk about today. And I, I just want people to start having a better relationship. Even myself, I have to remind myself every so often, like, okay, I'm okay. Like maybe I'm not doing today as great as I was, I don't know, six months ago, but it's okay. Like money will come. It will flow. I love going to House of Intuition. House of Intuition is like a spiritual store, you guys. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but there are plenty of them. In Spanish, they llaman botanicas, but they have candles, money candles. And it's all like, you know what? Thank you, God, for what I have. And I always say like, there is a pot of gold in the sky and I'm going to have more than I need. I'm going to have more than enough to be able to help other people, you know, to be able to bless the world. And I light my candles and I let it be. I, I'm not like constantly, oh, what am I going to do? Like, it's like, no, va a llegar porque va a llegar. And I am abundance and I am worthy and I'm prosperous. And I also have a, a fountain here outside my house. They say that if you have a fountain, whether inside your house or outside your house, and it's not working, that it's better for you to just remove it. These are all spiritual things, okay, guys, that I believe in. You don't have to believe in it, but I'm sharing it. So, I always make sure that my fountains have water. I have three. I have one in my living room, one outside, and one right by my bedroom because it keeps the energy and the feng shui moving, the energy, like so there's no stagnant energy in your home or around your home. So it's like, it's important that if you have a fountain, make sure it's functioning, make sure it's flowing every single day because that also helps just everything flow in your life. It helps bring more money into your home. Some people like have the elephants with the trunks coming in with like, I don't know, I see it at my grandma's house. She has uh, elephants and she puts like a little like dollar or $20 bill or $50 bill. And she puts it in the trunk of the elephant facing inside that way, like, you know, money flows. I love the Chinese culture. They have a lot of things like that. Like they have the Buddha and you rub the Buddha's belly and you leave them a coin and you leave them fruit. Like cada quien tiene sus cosas. And that's my thing, the fountains and the candles. And I sage every day because it's just like you want to just keep, we're energy guys. We're made up of energy. Whether you want to believe it or not, it's, it's science. We are. So it's like keeping the energy flowing and believing and telling yourself every day, I promise you, even if it's mental, whatever. Some people want to say it's mental. It's just, yeah, it's mental, but it makes me feel better. Like at the end of the day, like it's relieved stress to just say, I know everything's going to be fine. And I cast all my worries and fears to heaven 
and I'm going to be all right. (laughs) It helps me. Well, guys, as with all my episodes, I hope you've learned something from this one. And before we go, here is my Motivational Monday quote. It goes with what we're talking about, of course. And here it is. It's not your salary that makes you rich. It's your spending habits. Yep. And I'm telling you, I've learned that the hard way, guys. (laughs) So make sure that you keep that in mind, okay? Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Cheekies and Chill. And I will see you guys next week. Besitos a todos. This is a production of iHeartRadio and My Cultura Podcast Network. Follow us on Instagram at My Cultura Podcasts and follow me, Chiquis, that's C-H-I-Q-U-I-S. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.